1: Today we have an interest, first of all, welcome to the show, everybody, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. I just got a whole lot to say today, so we'll get to that in a second about the Will Pon's the Mets, and whether they need to sell this franchise. Well, we all know they need to sell the franchise, but why I am just so upset this week. As luck would have it right after the show last week, on Wednesday morning, Kawhi Leonard was traded. So we kind of missed that one. We kind of missed the fact that Wimbledon happened. (laughs) We talked a little bit about it at the end of last week, but we kind of missed that. And then we kind of missed this whole soccer transfer, spend a lot of money. We heard about uh, Ronaldo going from one team to another. But today on the show, we're going to talk about a couple of things that I know absolutely nothing about. One is transfers of soccer players and how that works and I'd like Seth to, to teach us a little bit about that and financial fair dealing which sounds like an SEC regulation but it has something to do with European soccer and then we'll get to the Mets and how much I absolutely am ashamed to be a Mets fan this week but first we need to wish Seth's kid Jake a very happy second birthday happy birthday Jake I know you're out there. I know you're listening because you're probably running around (laughs) your dad's legs.
0: I actually know he's very calm. Uh, Welcome to the show, everybody. He's very calm right now because I'm bribing him with watching Sesame Street. So he is sitting in my living room about four feet in front of me staring at Elmo and some weird guy who was not on the show when we watched it 30 years ago.
1: Well, neither was Elmo.
0: That is true. But at least I had heard of Elmo.
1: 20, 10, 15 years ago, I've never even seen this guy. He's a weirdo. Okay, that's no. fair. So, so a very happy birthday to Jake. I hope he liked the first present I got. I got a couple of more he presents did. for as, him. As did my wife. We
0: were both happy because it wasn't orange.
1: It was not orange,
0: and Sean still has to pick up his his, his birthday present for me, which is now almost. Well,
1: we're almost at his next birthday party, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we'll get to that in a second. So, so teach me here a little bit. So, so let's talk about Kawhi Leonard first. Okay, so Kawhi Leonard, and we, we talked with your brother-in-law yesterday with regards to Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan, which, truth be told, was the best offer out there. In, from, from all reports, you look at the Celtics, and the Celtics weren't giving up Jalen Brown, nor should they have. And you look at, this, at the 76ers, and they weren't giving out Marco Fultz. And if you understand the deal, the way that it went down for DeMar DeRozan, the Spurs want to compete next year. Because if you, if you want to compete, you get an all-star. Granted, an all-star from the East who probably won't sniff the all-star team in the West. And you get players that can play today rather than draft picks that can play tomorrow. And what they got was DeMar DeRozan, Jacob Proko, and a very highly protected first-round pick, uh, I think one through 20. So um, we all assume that Toronto's going to make the playoffs next year if they make it in the top 20 teams that that pick does convey and San Antonio gets an extra first-round pick. Look, I think San Antonio did the best that they could for what they were dealing with. Nobody had seen Kawhi Leonard play. Nobody knows what he's capable of. He may sit out yet another year. It would be not in his best interest to do this, but it might happen. And you got an all-star player. Now, granted, it's not an all-star in the West in all likelihood, but you're still getting a twenty twenty-five and five player. I don't see anything wrong, although I'm kind of interested in seeing Lamarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan play, considering they were one and three in the league in mid range jump shots.
0: Yeah. Not not really fitting the um not really fitting the uh not really fitting the uh what do you call it the, the typical way basketball is run right now. Yeah it's an I think Toronto saw this as a fee in a few ways. You know, for the last few years your your cornerstones were your coach, were your GM a jury a jury, your coach Dwayne Cleesey Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and you had a ch- and you couldn't, bre- you couldn't beat, you couldn't beat LeBron. You really underachieved continuously in the playoffs and DeMar DeRozan has a five-year $150 million contract. So it's an interesting call for the jury for a couple of reasons. DeRozan was beloved in Toronto, and DeRozan loved Toronto. And it's difficult to recruit. You don't hear big free agents going to Toronto. It's difficult to recruit that kind of talent. Now, my assumption is that Jury is just one of a couple ways. They were never going to win with the team they had. People who go to Tor- Toronto has a very good fan base, and people who go there tend to like it there. So either a Leonard goes there, it clicks. They go to the NBA finals, which is not out of the realm of possibility. If he's back to his pre 20, you know, to his 2015, 2016, you know, uh, you know, a game, which is not in his twenties. It's not out of the realm. And you have a shot to re-sign him. B. You, that happened. You know, they have, they have a good year with him, and it just it goes. And they took their chances. And they get they get out of the thirty million dollar salary uh, albatross that DeRozan was, and then we're C, it doesn't work at all. And midway through the year, you trade DeRozan to either the Clippers the Lakers because Toronto will have no compunction about that. For no, so you mean yeah.
1: trade? You mean trade Leonard to the trade Lakers? Le- not trade Leonard. DeRozan. Sorry, trade yep. Leonard and start the rebuild.
0: So these are your options. So that's why I think a jury rolled the dice on this. I didn't like it to begin with. I've kind—it's of, kind of grown on me a bit more. Um, the problem is Leonard's impossible to read, and anyone who says they know anything is really seems to, is full of it. He. Okay. San Antonio, you look at, Ginobili's you know, in his last year. Popovich is not going to coach a rebuild. This allows the team to remain in the playoff hunt. You know they're not, they're not a threat anymore to win a title, but they should be in the playoff hunt, and Popovich can go out on
1: a, a little bit more of his own terms. So I, yeah, I think it understand. makes sense for everybody. Yeah, let's understand from the very get-go that this is going to be a very difficult trade. Uh, for San Antonio. And I know, you're, I know you at home are probably saying, how could it be a difficult trade when Kawhi Leonard is one of the top 10 players in basketball? Well, yes, Kawhi Leonard is the top 10 player in basketball when he's healthy. And absolutely nobody knows if he's healthy or not. Not one person. So, except for Kawhi Leonard. So, you have a guy that's not necess- that you don't know that's healthy. Let, let's go. That's step one. Step two, he makes $21.8 million, plus a kicker. So you need a guy or guys that match up in the $21.8 million realm that you're willing to trade for a guy that may, not, may or may not play next year. So when you look, this is why it was a hard trade for the Celtics. The Celtics don't have any players like that. They, well, let me rephrase. They do. Those players are named Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward. Okay, so you're not trading Kyrie because guess what? San Antonio ain't taking him back with one year to go. You're basically trading a problem for a problem, and they don't want that. Okay, you're not trading Al Horford because Al Horford is the glue of that team, and imagine playing Al Horford and LaMarcus Aldridge together. That screams impossible. And you're not taking Gordon Hayward, who may... Look, in all accounts, Gordon Hayward is healthy, but he's got four more years on a max contract. Sorry, three more years on a max contract, in which he has played a total of two minutes before he broke his leg, uh, broke his ankle, excuse me, and tendon damage and ligament damage. So you don't know if he's healthy. So you can't make it if you're Boston. So let's move on to Philly, where everybody's like, "Oh, we should trade him to Philly." Well, Philly, the best pick that the best thing about Philly is that they have this unprotected Miami Heat pick in 2021. Well, that goes against everything that the Spurs want. The Spurs want to compete next year. So the best package financially in the contracts that you can make, because you're not trading Joel Embiid and you're not trading uh, Ben Simmons, is Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and the number one. That doesn't do anything for San Antonio. You trade him to the Lakers, they don't have what the Lakers want. And quite frankly, if you're the Lakers and you have LeBron James for three years, you're not giving it up. You're not making that trade. So there were no other trades. This was the deal. DeMar DeRozan has two more years after this one. He has an opt-out after, I think, 2020, which if he's smart, he'll stay in. So you have DeMar DeRozan for three years riding out the rest of Greg Povich's probably probable career. You get rid of the headache. You know, Kawhi wasn't re-signing. So you have a star who actually loves playing the game and definitely San Antonio will love having him the same way that Toronto did. And you hope that he, that he grows into that position. Best of all situations, not a great situation for either player. Although, Look, stranger things have happened than Kawhi Leonard staying in Toronto. Remember, Toronto does have the option of extending a five-year max contract to him next year, which is $45 million more than anybody else can. Money talks and BS walks, so who knows if he stays there. My prediction is he does not stay in Toronto. I think he leaves. I think he goes to Los Angeles. Although I'm not sure he'll even be happy there.
0: Yeah, He doesn't strike me as a type that'll be happy really anywhere. Yeah. Um, because he's always been someone who's wanted to avoid the spotlight. And there is no brighter one than in LA. And just, even if you end up with the Lakers and LeBron gets the main, gets the brunt of it. It's not exactly like you're going to be wallowing in the background somewhere. He's got to, the problem. As we said, the problem is we've heard nothing from him. We've heard from his uncle, which is never a good sign. And we've heard from his agent, which means nothing to me. We we don't we don't have a feel for what you know for the rationale behind all this, and unfortunately, we probably never will.
1: Too true. Too true. Okay, so let's move on to, we we, we have one more free agent signing, Well, not really a free agent signing, but an extension today in the NBA and not sure if you've heard of this, it was a little bit low key, but Kevin Love got extended for four years and almost $120 million. Kevin Love and this extension starts after next year. So he'll be 31 after next year. So they signed him for his 32, 33, 34 and 35th year at almost $30 million. This, uh, this extension I don't understand. Maybe you can explain to me. The only thing that makes sense is that if they next year he opts in, then we have this whole controversy of whether he's going to resign or not, and the Cavs are over the cap anyway, so if they let him go, they don't have an adequate replacement. But signing on for a guy who is not athletic from the very beginning for his 31 through 35 years at $30 million, to me seems a little out of nowhere to me. I think the thought process
0: is twofold. As he said, he is not a,
1: he, his game is not based
0: on athleticism, and because it is not, his skill level probably won't diminish as quickly as other people do. Does too. Do. He's a he's also, you know, Again, he hasn't been a number one, number one since since being traded from Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins. So we don't really know how he's going to react to really being the number one player yet again. Um, Also, I think this is a question. This is simply an overpay because Cleveland is not going to be able to recruit any free agents. No one... Think about it. Nobody wanted to go to Cleveland when LeBron was there. Nobody sees Cleveland as a prime destination. Now, especially considering... You know, how things played out. You don't even leave under bad terms this time. There is no, I, I am not under the impression that any free agent wants to go to Cleveland. So maybe we took a step back and said, okay, this is the best, you know, this is going to be the best chance we have to keep an all star, to have an all star for the next few years, unless Colin Sexton really, really develops. Um, I don't agree with it particularly either. I don't, I think it's way too much money, but that,
1: you know, that's to me the rationale behind this. Okay. I mean, it, it it really struck me as odd. Um, this whole extension that was basically kept very, very quiet today uh, in the NBA, but four years and a hundred and, uh, yeah, it, it it's a little mind-blowing to me. Okay, so we're talking big money. We talk, believe it or not, we're going to go over to soccer now. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. Just a little reminder on our schedule. Next week we have our regular show, regular time, 730. The next week we have Baby Blank's birthday, whatever Baby Blank is. And... So, Seth won't be here, but we will congratulate the Proud Papa without any problems. So, Seth, we, we, we will we will hold the show without you on that day. I will
0: probably call in for you, five minutes if possible, but that's about the best I can probably
1: do. There we go. So, the following week, we will have again our regular show. Uh, that will be August, I believe we're on the 11th. No, not the 11th. Yes, the 11th. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little bad 14th. on the on the It'll dates the right 14th. now. The 14th. The 14th, we all have our regular show. The 21st, we will probably have a little bit of an earlier show, which will be our NCAA preview. The 28th, again, we will probably That's have a not, little cannot,
0: bit of an. I cannot What's wait that? To hear, I cannot wait to hear your expertise on that one.
1: I can barely hear you, bud, speaking to the mic. Barely I cannot hear you.
0: wait to hear your expertise on college. I cannot wait to dis- to discuss
1: college football with you. Nothing look, gives you more time year. Look, at the end of the day, I have a 14-hour flight to read everything about college football on the way to Japan. So we'll have our show from Japan. Uh, we Actually, we might have it on Monday rather than Tuesday. We're going to have to figure that out. So, well, it'll be your Tuesday. It'll be your, oh, wait, no, your Tuesday is my Wednesday. So we might have it on Monday for my Tuesday while I'm in Japan. The next week we will have our NFL, uh, our fantasy football preview, which I will be in Korea for that, and we'll have that at our normal time. And then the following week we'll have our fantasy football preview, our NFL preview, uh, leading right up to two days before opening day on uh, that Thursday. So that is our schedule for the next month. We'll keep reminding you of that. We'll put it on the website as well. Okay. So, Seth, explain this to me. There is a transfer window that occurs in international soccer. Now. I think I've kind of understood finally after visiting every European city in June and in May what goes on in international soccer. So you have a bunch of teams, they play in their respective leagues. If they win their respective leagues, they go to a champions league. If they win and this all goes on at the same time, and then if they win their champions league, they win the championship. Not only their respective leagues, but the championship league as well. If you're in England and you are at the bottom half of your league, you will down you will downgrade to a lower league and be replaced by the four teams that are on the lower on the top of the league below, which will jump up to the upper league. Did I kind of get all that right in about two seconds? Yeah,
0: high 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 level,
1: what happens is yeah, each country has
0: each country has their own league. The top three or four teams again depending on each league. Each um, league, you know, England, Spain get, you know, Italy get more, like the Luxembourg and Belgium leagues get less. Uh, go to, to go to a Champions League, what's called the Champions League, which is 32 teams, and that's pretty much the champion team of Europe wins that. Um, in regards to promotion and relegation, you have the bottom. Three, I'll use England because that's the easiest. The bottom three teams in each, you have three or four or five. I guess I think five leagues maybe in England and the bottom three teams in each league are relegated and then the top two teams and then there's a 14 playoff for one to get in get promoted and so and that's how it, it, it's a great it's actually a great way it's a really great way to to follow sport to follow sport um, so that's tipp that's really much how it works and it, it really leads to a lot of okay a lot of times you're not the championships over in February but you have no idea who's going to be relegated or not. And
1: the money disparity
0: is, is incredible.
1: Well, that's really what I want to talk about here. So we have a transfer window. Now, I don't exactly understand how transfer windows work. So, so each of these soccer players has a contract with the respective team, the same way that a Major League Baseball player would have a contract with the respective team. Now, explain to me how – Ronaldo or any of these big guys that they all of a sudden are requesting a trade at any time for any reason and Jake's awake for any time for any reason and the team just goes ahead and does it and puts him up for sale if I wanted to keep Ronaldo why would I put him up for sale isn't he the best player in the in in soccer I'm confused he's up there yeah well he
0: requested to transfer out uh, they have buyout clauses. So if somebody is willing to pay the buyout clause that, and it's to a team where he is interested in going, so in regards to Ronaldo, Ronaldo had a billion dollar buyout clause. Billion. But there was some kicker that if it was based upon certain criteria, the buyout clause would be a tenth of that. So the buyout clause was $100 million. So, that was what prevent this. And I believe, now, Ronaldo wanted to get out of Spain for probably a myriad of reasons. Um, I don't think he thought he was well-respected anymore by the the management at Real Madrid. There were some tax issues with Spain. Rio Messi had the same issue. And maybe he just wanted a different challenge. Um, So, he went to uh, the best team in Italy for the last, I think, seven years. Uh, Juventus, the team that actually Real Madrid beat in the Champions League final this year, and so a team that will cruise through the through the Serie A, the Italian the Italian Premier League, is, is called the Serie A, and well, and pretty much it'll be, they've never won they've never won the Champions League. They're like the Buffalo Bills. They made the final three or four times, that they've never won it. So that's why that's why Ronaldo's going
1: to Turin to
0: try and help them win.
1: Okay, so I, I I think I got that, but explain to me so they so they all have buyout clauses or only so there the list of transfers is like hundreds of players long. So yes, how is it that? So how is, do, do they all have buyout clauses? So each of these contracts deals with a buyout clause that I guess if they have a four-year contract, it'll get less and less as they go through the contract. It's a decreasing buyout. Is that how it works? I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious.
0: I'm I, I don't think all the contracts are the same. I think what happens is there's a lot of movement because a lot of times what happens is players are put on loan which means I, I play for Manchester City, which is the best team in the English Premier League. And I can't get it. I'm 19 years old. I have a lot of potential, but I can't, I can't break the starting lineup. So okay. Manchester City will loan me. So they maintain the rights, but they will loan you to any other team. It can be in the EPL. It can be in any other league. You just have to agree upon it to go. And then after the, the loan period is up, which is usually one season, you either get brought back or you get loaned again, or the other, the other, comp, other team, what really wants you, they'll buy you out. It's not that every player has a buyout clause. It's, there's just a lot of teams. I mean, think about it. You have 20 teams in pretty much every league, and if there's four or five leagues in each country, and there's, you know, six or seven, you know, countries that have major leagues: France, Germany, Spain, uh, Portugal, to a degree, Italy, England, you know, so on and so forth. It's not that every player is, is in this position. It's just we're talking hundreds of teams. So because of that, there's just a lot okay. of people
1: with a lot of fluidity. Now, if I'm correct, unlike every other sport. There are no trades, right? I mean you you, you get sold well. or you get loans.
0: every once in a while, there are a trade, but there
1: are very, very few okay so all right, so I understood that now, let's go on to this financial fair play. So I see that Ronaldo got sold for a gazillion dollars, whatever that is, hundred million dollars. And then you have these other guys that are getting loaned. If I'm a team and I can't afford a gazillion dollars, how do I compete? Because, obviously, there are teams that have a lot of money and teams that let, – let's call my, my, my buddy, uh, my mate, James Tonks, who I work with. James's favorite team is the West Ham, which I, I don't believe is in the top league in London, in England, but in the second are. division in London. No, they're, oh, they're in, the West, le- West they in the top league. Top division top league. Yeah. Okay, top league. But we all know that the top 2 teams financially, or top 3 teams financially in England and again correct me if I'm wrong, Arsenal, Manchester United and Manchester U. Oh, sorry, Manchester City. Right? The three biggest teams in in England. How does a West Ham team compete with these $100 million, now granted Ronaldo went somewhere else, but there have been certainly transfers to Manchester United and, Man, and Manchester City of somewhere around that, that dollar value. How do all these teams compete if there are Sheiks that own some and Seth Kamins and Sean Palmer that own others?
0: Well, what happens is, to a degree, it's not fair play.
1: What happened with this? 10 years ago, they
0: they did some kind of survey, and half of the teams, there's 655 European teams, and over half had a loss in the prior year. And about 20%...
1: A loss loss financially, a loss financially, right? Okay.
0: Over 20% were thought to be potentially teetering towards bankruptcy. And what was happening was, you know, the excessive spending was done to try and keep either to keep teams competitive or to have to promote, to go work towards promotion. Because when you could jump, the biggest disparity in sports is when you jump from the second tier league, which is called the championship league in the, in the EPL to the premier league. Cause the TV revenue, the revenues are in the billions. So you almost start off with like a hundred million dollar jump up when you, when you go in. So what was happening was that because of this, there was so much spending, so over the top that they tried to make it as even as possible or try to make it as fair as possible. And so, the, I, I mean, I'm not an expert on the FFP, but there's just, there's, just, there's pretty much it's some kind of uh, division. I think it's like transfers and finance costs. Over, like, over income or something along those lines. And if you don't, if you, if you, 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 you have, the UEFA, which is the European Foundation Association, can either fine you or they can disqualify you from competing or all sorts of, you know, sorts of problems. Now, there's a lot of issues that go with it are pretty obvious. As you said, it's very difficult for. You know, Seth and Sean's soccer team to compete with Man U. You now, every once in a while, you have a team that kind of surpasses all this and is able to kind of sneak in. Because the big four for years in the EPL, before Man City became, you know, the, the came in and just threw zillions at them, or Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man U. And now Man City has joined that. And those, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the last 20 years, that's been your champion, with one exception. Two years ago, when Leicester City came from nowhere to, 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 to win it. But all these big teams, you know, Tottenham is also kind of there as well, I should say. So probably, guess the big six. But you look at around, it is extraordinary. the goal for a lot of these teams is to make a championship. Not for, say, to win the championship. When you go to Spain, there's Bar- there's Barcelona and Real Madrid, and then you have Athletic okay. Madrid is kind of a tier, is like a half step below. Germany of Bayern Munich, nobody else wins. France spent half a billion dollars on Neymar and uh, and Manappe, who the best player in the World Cup for France. Uh, you know, it, there's such a huge dis, you know, it only has Juventus. There's such a huge disparity. It is very, pretty much very, very difficult for any non-top, top, top-tier team to compete. Because also what happens is they make a lot of money when they go to the Champions League, and they make money as they go further into their country championships. It's, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult. So a lot of you know, the hope is these small, smaller teams, the West Ham is kind of a mid-tier team is their best that they can hope for is to be to go either to the second tier European Championship League, it's called the Europa Cup, or to go, or just to survive and not be moved down to not being relegated. But if you're expecting a completely even playing field, it's just not going to happen.
1: Okay. I mean, look, that that gives me some idea as to what's going on. And so the financial fair act or whatever they call it is not really financially fair at all, is what you're telling me. Okay. So no, it's more no. like baseball than it is basketball or football in which you have a salary cap in which everybody and baseball has come closer because of the revenue sharing, but it's basically the same thing. Okay. that Look, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you first and foremost, I have received an education today on soccer, so I will will no longer ask Seth anything having to do with this stuff ever again until next year. Anyway. (laughs) But, I mean, okay, so we have all these transfers. So we we know about Ronaldo. How about giving us a little bit of an insight into some of the bigger transfers and where they've gone? There
0: hasn't been as many, actually, as in prior years. I guess one of the bigger name ones is Wayne Rooney, who's been in in the EPL forever, playing for Everton, playing for Man U since he was seventeen. Just transferred to actually the MLS,
1: the in DC United. Um, So how does that work? Is it the same way? Is it you? Do you just pay the other team? Yeah, Um,
0: it depends. It depends. There's sometimes I think Everton told Rooney that he didn't want, they didn't want him anymore. So he went elsewhere. So they allowed him a free, if they don't want you, they allowed him a free, a free kind of out for lack of a better term. And um, so he took it. Hmm. So he wanted to come, you know, that's what happened with Alain who's from from LA from, who's been, Got everywhere he's playing for now for for Los Angeles. That's what happened with David Beckham years ago. You know, it's just it happens sometimes.
1: All right, that's fair. Um, and so, so what I've what I've heard is that there's a whole and and again, please tell me a little bit differently. Is that there seems to be a goalie. Like carousel of uh, a cascade of carousels. So, the goalie in the French, uh, the French goalie from the Olympic, uh, the Olympics, the World Cup, is being sold or transferred, and because he's being transferred, another goalie has to be transferred, and there's only one spot for a goalie, so it just keeps going around and around and around. It's like the, it's like the, um, it's like the managers or coaches in the NFL. There's only one spot, so how do you? So the latest, no, and greatest I'm not
0: sure you're right. I'm actually not sure you're right about that.
1: Um,
0: okay, oh, well, I guess
1: definitely possible.
0: Yeah, okay. So Hugo Hugo Lloris is the is the uh, is the is the goalkeeper for the French team, and yeah, he plays for Tottenham, which is a big, which is one of the big six in the English Premier League. No, I actually just Googled okay. it just because you brought it up. So apparently, Real Madrid, who is not is thrilled with their goalkeeper, who is their goalkeeper from Costa Rica, um, are going to offer 60 million to Tottenham to get him. Now, if Loris wants to go, Tottenham can either say okay, or they can ask for more, and Tottenham can say no.
1: They can do whatever they want. Um, if they have someone so, ready to so go. So this is. So this is not an example of the out clause. This is an example of just a straight sale. Yes. Okay. This is so this test. is not a Ronaldo situation. This is just look. It's my team. If my team wants to get rid of me, I'm getting offered sixty million dollars, and I'm going to be sold like cattle. Yeah,
0: that's that's a be, that's a better way to do it.
1: So if you prefer okay. to live in
0: Madrid as opposed to living in. England, living in London, and you want to make extra money, and you want to go play in a different league. Now, I hope he doesn't do that, but you know we'll see. The goalie who did, I think, yeah. who really did the best was this guy named Allison, from, he's Brazilian, and he was he just went to Liverpool for sixty three million dollars, sixty three million pounds. Um, just kind of going through some of the names, that I, some of the big trades that I, that big sales. That I know about, Um, we were talking about Leicester City before. The MVP of the league that year was a guy named Madras. He, and he just went to Man City from Leicester. Uh, I don't know how much for. I don't have the slightest idea. But you know, I'm looking. There's hundreds of transfers and loans. Most a lot, especially the loans coming from the bigger teams, going to either either a second-tier team or, you know, or a team in another league so their players can get experience and they bring them back. I don't think there's been more major ones this year. I think last year was actually bigger. Um, because this year, a lot of the summer has been dominated by the World Cup as opposed to some of these, some of these transitions. But this is, this is just how this world works. And it's both interesting and impossible to follow.
1: Okay, so, so we've, we've done that. We've gotten through the World Cup, and we've gotten through soccer. So when do the season start? When do, we, when do we look forward to seeing uh, – Ronaldo uh, – I'm sorry. Uh, Ronaldo went to – I forgot the team's name already. Avenza. Avenza is in New York. Avenza is in the United States right now. They are touring. Ronaldo is not, on, not with them. He's finishing his, his holiday whatever holiday that is, because I guess when you earn that much money, you can go wherever the heck you want. He's on this holiday, so he's not touring with Juventus. When do we expect to see Ronaldo and gang back on the pitch? And I say pitch. Um, I think for the English, I don't
0: know when the Italian league starts. English league starts three weeks, August 18th. Three weeks,
1: got it, got it.
0: Let's see.
1: It looks like Justin, the, yeah. Uh, Justin, it looks
0: like most of these are starting then, also.
1: Um, Just in time for so NFL lot. football. What do you say? Just in time for the real football to start. Got it. Exactly. Okay.
0: So what happens is a lot of these guys though, who are exhausted from the World Cup, will take two or three. We'll take two or three blocks. Or will two, take two or three weeks. Excuse me, off, and kind of rest themselves up a little bit before they start a you know a forty week season.
1: So and when you say 40 easy. weeks, when you say 40 weeks, is this 40 consecutive weeks?
0: Typically it's about that. Give or, it's, it runs from August to May, the end of middle of August, around the middle of May. And there's one to two games a week. So it, it, I, I, there's only four thirty eight games played, but there's a lot of, there's, Kind of, you know, England has its all. There's 38 league games, but there's Champions League and there's a UEFA Cup and there's, um, you know, the leagues that happen within these countries. You know, where yeah. Liverpool may play a, le- a level two team, and they have a they have. so There's like probably 50, 60 games in a season over this mm-hmm. time period. Now there are one or two weeks mm-hmm. of like there's one or two weeks of breaks and stuff along those lines,
1: but. Um, you know, it's, Ladies and is gentlemen, amazing. I'd like to. I I'd like to point out that we have spent a half hour on soccer, and not one bit on the World Cup or the Olympics. This is a new record for the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. There's <laughs> no way we have ever spent a half hour talking about soccer, but I'll tell you, I have learned a little bit about it. So I I am happy that we did talk about it. And I'm sure next year I'll be asking more questions as I get more and more into whatever soccer we're talking about at that point. Because two more years, for, I believe it's, uh, we're in 2018. So what do we got? Another World Cup in four years, but the Olympics in two, right? So 2020, we got some Olympic games. So the next time that the, uh, it'll be worldwide soccer, and I'll sit down for like a couple of, a couple of days, we'll be in two years for that. But, okay, so so let's move on a little bit to talk about one of your favorite people or definitely one of your favorite athletes, and that being Serena Williams. And I know I say your favorite athletes, but you tend to think – we've talked about this before, how in the pantheon of sports, you have people that are just dominant, and they are head and shoulders above the rest. We we talk about – the, the best example of this is in baseball and in hockey, to me. You have your Wayne Gretzky, who is so far above and beyond probably Mario Lemieux and Bobby Orr, that there's no question he is the best ever. Then you have Babe Ruth, who until somebody can, play, until somebody can hit 714 home runs and win 100 games, I will call Babe Ruth the best player ever, even though he did not play against the best competition in segregated baseball. And then you have Serena Williams. And I know you've said this before, that she is the best player, best women's player ever. What she did last week at Wimbledon may have been the most incredible thing that she's ever done I mean, coming back from a baby in her first major. I believe it was her first major, correct? I mean, this was like her first major tournament. I think so. And making the finals, and I did not watch it. I, I'm sure you did, knowing knowing you. How did she look? Is is she back to where? Is she back to being the dominant player? I mean, she obviously made it to the finals, but who knows if can she can she return to form? Is this where is this where she's going to be? Sort of like Tiger Williams, where she's going to be in some tournaments and out of some tournaments, or was she the thoroughly dominant Serena Williams that just got tired at the end? Um, she actually did play in the French, which was her first, her first
0: tournament since winning the Australian in 2017. Um, she's still the best player in the world. I, I, I the best way to explain the women's game at this point is there was not one top 10 player in the semifinals. I don't remember, I think there was only one in the quarterfinals. The best players in the world are, you know, between injury and suspension and, well, in this case, childbirth are it's still Serena until it's somebody else. Will she be as dominant dominant as she was in twenty sixteen, a twenty fifteen, excuse me, or twenty twelve, or even going back further than that to two thousand two when she won three of the four big ones? Um, probably not. Will she be a threat, especially on the hard courts and? in Wimbledon in in all well, grass but uh, on the US Open in Australia going forward oh yeah she's still the best player in the world and you know she didn't have huge competition before losing to uh Kvitova in the final or I forget it was Kvitova or into Inju- or into Inju- Inju- Kerber I think it was um but she is there yeah she lost to Eugenie Kerber but um you know she she's still the best player in the world if healthy and motivated, and it will be for the next until until she's not until she's not motivated or until until be her age her game is still still so much more powerful it's so much broader than anyone else who's out there she is the best she is the best female tennis player of all time, and if you want to argue the best tennis player of all time it's not a it's not a huge stretch
1: okay. So we started out this this conversation or this this hour, and if you'd like to call in again seven six zero two eight three oh eight four six as is our always our phone number seven six zero two eight three oh eight four six and we started out this hour with me complaining and me saying that the Mets may be the most the worst run franchise in sports I thoroughly we, we did a show a couple of years ago it may have been a year, maybe two years at this point, as to which owner would you like in sports and which owner would you not want in sports. I think at the time, Seth, you and I said that I had the worst owners in all of sports for every single team. But more to the point, I think we agreed at the time that James Dolan was the worst owner in the New York sports realm. Because this was right before, right during the Phil Jackson stuff, and he was still kicking Charles Oakley out, and he was, just, he was just awful. I mean, he still is awful, but he was really awful. I'd like to put the Will Ponds ahead of him now. I'm thoroughly disgusted. So l- let me give you some perspective. The Indians acquired Brad Hand from the San Diego Padres this week. Brad Hand has two additional years on his contract at a reasonable amount, and what did Cleveland give up? They gave up the number six prospect in all of baseball. All right, you got two years of certainty, but you get, you got the number six prospect in all of baseball. The Mets gave up Jarius Familia. Okay, he's a free agent after this year. Let's call it what it is. So he's a rental because you can't even offer him arbitration after this year. You can't even offer him a compensatory pick. So the Mets decide not to kick in any money. They say, you know what? You take Familia. You pay him the rest of his salary. Remember, this is to the Oakland Athletics. This isn't (laughs) for the New York Yankees.
0: $3
1: million to Oakland is a big deal. So you traded him. Didn't give him any money. And they got two prospects who will probably never reach the major leagues. You traded the top reliever on the market. And all you got back is crap. And the reason you got back crap is because you wouldn't pitch in any money to help the Oakland Athletics out. I'm disgusted. I got nothing. I am thoroughly disgusted with this franchise. When I saw the trade that went down and that familiar was being traded to Oakland, I got excited. For the first time, the Mets are trading from depth they're trading from a strong position two weeks before the trading deadline. They're go- they are going to corner the market because they got this all-star reliever that everybody wants. And I got a quadruple-A player and a pitcher that, had, that has pitched 48 innings his entire career. I got, I got nothing. Seth, I, 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 know you, I know everybody wants me to become a Yankee fan, and that's going to be very hard. But, man, I thought about giving it up. I thought about giving up on the Mets. And I've been a Mets fan since I was four years old. It's very hard. I'd love to hear what Yankee fans think about us, other than we are the, the annoying stepchild, redheaded stepchild, that never gets anything good. We, we can't have good things. We don't really think about you guys.
0: <laughs> Thanks. That don't, makes
1: it even better. I, I'll, I'll be
0: perfectly honest. I, I, I don't think Yankee fans, other than the fight to get the back page of the of formerly the Daily News, um, really pay attention to the Mets unless they have to. The Mets, unfortunately, look. You had a nice run, and it was a 2015, but. You have a, the last three years have just been an abomination? You know, the the young the staff never materialized, and you have owners who really shouldn't be owning a team at this point. So, yeah, you know, you know I, I mean, I I feel sorry for my Met, my friends who are Mets fans. I do. Thank you, thank you.
1: I, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, uh, because uh, you know, it, it, it's not going to get better this year. I don't know what you're going to – I mean, you have a, a freaking – your second-best player has foot-and-mouth disease, which we were afraid my son had, for God's sakes. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a disease for
1: three-year-olds, two-year-olds,
0: not for a 25-year-old. You know, okay, but
1: hold on. Hold on. To be fair, let's understand how he got this disease. So during most Noah Syng- Syndergaard was helping out at a child's camp. So if you're going to lambast the guy, you at least have to give him credit for working at a child's camp during during what was his All-Star break, no? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. It's I'm not lambasting him for having it. It's just more of a, a Murphy call. Yeah, and um, that's true. Uh, and, of course, the only time that the Mets have any talent to trade, the, the best team to match up with them is the New York Yankees. Like, you can't win. There's no way to win this. So here we are on, what, July 24th. The Mets are hoping for a, a, a season of ending. We, we started out 12-2. and two. Now we're in last place. My God. If you had told me, I I think you did tell me, Seth, when we were 12-2, and I said, you know what, all they have to do is go 500, and they'd win 90 games. I remember saying this. All they have to do is go 500, and they win 90 games. Unfortunately, they have won at a 25% clip and not a 50% clip, and they are already down the crapper. (laughs) And the season's over. Already. I mean, it's, it's really sad to say that I am going to be able to take my nephew to a Mets game August 4th for probably $6. Which, in the long scope of things, definitely helps me out financially anyway. But $6. It's going to cost me more to feed the man than it will be to actually get the ticket. So if you, you want me to take Jake to, to a baseball a- game you want to take, you let me take Jake to a baseball game? It only cost us combined eighteen dollars. Uh, sorry,
0: Jake. Still, I'm not ready. I don't think he's ready for. That's right. can't it. No, he's not ready to sit for for a baseball game.
1: We're hoping for a that game in the fall. Hopefully, by that point, he'll be able to handle it. But not yet. Excellent. Okay, so we have about seven minutes to go, so I will let you go first. I was going to use uh, my lovely uh, Mets rants for the last five minutes, but it, it started early, so go ahead, Seth.
0: Well, wow. another, another interesting big, uh, big Ten media day. You start off with Urban Meyer having to fire one of his coaches for shoving, because apparently 10 years ago he shoved his pregnant wife. And now, now the ex-wife has a civil order against him. And you remember Urban Meyer you know, dealt with a lot of crap. He had Aaron Hernandez down in Florida. He had he had suspended some players in Ohio State when he first came in. You know, he's always kind of given the benefit of the doubt, and it hasn't always been deserved. And now he's pretty much been forced, you know, because of the publicity that came with Brett McMurphy from ESPN, kind of showing, you know. To fire to fire the uh, to fire Zach Smith his, his wide receivers coach, it's a shame that this was that this was a fi- you know this was fire this was a fireball because not because he wanted to but because immediate because the public found out about it and he had it was mandated for lack of a better term. And then you go to Jim Harbaugh who was brought in with more publicity than anyone I've ever seen to the University of Michigan and after three years he's I believe zero six against Michigan and Michigan against. Michigan State and Ohio State, these teams have come in third, third, and fourth. And when, it, when a, um, and when one of the one of the newspapers, the reporters came out and said, you know, do you feel that like you've been a disappointment based upon you know, the hoopla that you had coming in and what what's happened? And pretty much, hardball went off. Uh, I miss college football. I look forward to these media days pretty soon. Um, so that's been entertaining. Ryan Locke is being suspended for a year. I mean, to suspend someone in 2018, a swimmer in 2018 for a year, which gives you plenty of time to get back, uh, prepare for the Olympics in 2020, not really the end of the year. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I got a good laugh out of that. Um, very quiet week. You know, a quiet tennis, a quiet sports week uh, in general. I mean, I think we have the I didn't watch one second of the All-Star game. I know you would ask them whether I was going to or not. Never even turned it on. You know, well, I'm, that I'm makes following cool. what's going that... on. I'm watching, watching Gary Sanchez say... kind of an ass of himself last night. But it's, it's just it's, I'm ready for football. I'm ready for soccer.
1: The one thing I'm not ready for is any more press conferences from Larry Fedora. I never want to hear this man speak again. So, for those that are unaware, these press conferences for, N- for the NCAA, we had, obviously, the Big Ten press conference. We also had the ACC press conference. And Larry Fedora is the coach of North Carolina, University of North Carolina. Um, I don't remember where he came from. I think it was Illinois, if I had to guess. But in his press conference last week, he he said, basically – said that there is no conclusive evidence that CTE, which is cognitive, can't remember the the last two, but basically anything with concussions. Concussions, the disease that is caused by concussions is not caused by concussions. And therefore, it is no longer caused by football, and we are becoming soft as a nation because of this. So if he has bad thoughts about the rest of our country and the future of our country based on the fact that players are soft in football. Where the hell does this guy get off? I mean, seriously, I, I, I heard that, and Seth, I, I know you've read it or you've heard it live. I, I'm wondering your impressions of this, because these are the guys, and he still has a job. That's what boggles my mind, is because if you came out, and said something like that, which is medically disproved, about the profession that you are in. If you came out today and you're working for R. J. Morris and you said that cigarettes do not cause lung cancer, you'd be fired for just being stupid. I I, I have no words. The words escaped me when I saw when I heard it. They escape me now, because. I I don't understand how this man has a job. I'm I'm baffled by it because this guy is going to have to teach kids to play football. So if he doesn't believe that CTE is is brought on by mashing your head against another person's head, he's going to teach mashing a head against another person's head. Tell me I'm wrong here. Please, show me something. Uh, I'm really you very much
0: um, yeah, Fedora coached Southern Miss before coming over to North Carolina in 2011 um, the, you're not going to have a debate this isn't the kind of conversation that really you're going to have a debate with this is the kind of conversation where a guy makes a comment you roll your eyes and you ignore it and just go on the problem is because he's a head coach this is really what his thought process is people will get in there more because there's no reason because they'll be you'll take no precaution and that's a shame and I would think that you know parents who seem recruiting people would stay away you know I wouldn't want my kid being hurt by if that's his thought process on this stuff yeah, it sounds know. like a bleeping okay. thing. what are you going to do
1: alright so for Seth Kamins this has been Sean Palmer Seth and Sean Sports Radio again next week Call in, 760-283-0846. We always like to hear from you. And we'll talk more about, well, we'll get baseball in because it is the dog days of summer. And we'll talk about the trading deadline, which had just passed as of a week from today. So, again, Seth Gaiman, Sean Palmer, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean, Sports Radio, and we'll catch you next week. Have a good one, everybody.
0: Bye.